And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. All right, we're rolling. So Andy, you want to take the take the wheel? I always start off by uh, rambling. I feel like I'm a big fucking uh, motor mouth. Yeah, sure. Like I think last time we actually had like a guest walking by accident, but now we have guests on purpose. Yeah, that dickhead's banned too. We're not ever letting that happen again. Yeah. Except he's my father-in-law. So he'll probably <laughs> show up today too. All right. Well, hey, today I'll go ahead and introduce him. We have a band that just put out their debut EP, and they are called The Truth Council. Sitting to my left, or Andy's left, both of our lefts, drummer Brock Massalia. Hello. And to his left, it's Jason McMichael. Good morning. Mr. Lead Guitar Man. He looks like he's half asleep. <laughs> and then to his left, singer, songwriter, bass player, extraordinaire John Massalia. What's Good going morning. on, John? Well, here we are, yeah. hot off the debut uh, release of you guys' <sighs> I already said debut. How many times? God damn. Maybe I should drink. Yeah. I already don't know how to talk. All right. Anyhow, um, so yeah, this just came out this Friday, and uh, I think we both listened to it. Yeah. We're not going to sit and critique it. Yeah, I've heard some of the songs live, and then I uh, uh, got a chance to listen, because I think it was Thursday when it came out. Was it Thursday? Yeah. Okay. Same day. digitally yeah. Thursday. We've had CDs for about a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you guys had like five songs. Uh, did you guys all contribute like writing to that, or was it just you, John? Or? That was mostly him, Dad, John. John. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, every time, every couple weeks, he'd just come in super excited. He had a new thing. I was like, great, okay. So, yeah, most of that goes to him. He didn't write any drums, though, so I can take all credit for that. And then same with guitar. Yeah. A lot of just old old riffs okay. that I've had in my head for a thousand years and uh, with, the ad, with the technology and stuff, I can sit at home and put a drum beat to them or some, you know, some type of meter and then uh, send them videos of me playing it or uh, sound, whatever, what I want, not the little memos, the sound voice memos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was and, weird writing to nothing but uh, a drum loop and a bass line. As a guitar player, it was very weird writing to a bass line. But it worked. <laughs> Yeah, because I know that you write songs, and then you guys write songs, but I didn't know if, like, um, you had came in with, like, a full idea already formed, or I don't know mm-hmm. how that process really goes. Nowhere, like, he, our, I don't want to say, his stuff is yeah. usually 85% done. Okay. So you're just throwing stuff out it, there, it, like, hey, yeah. guys, what do you think about this Ours riff? Is, yeah, it usually is, a, it? Uh, like, a ri- I'll get, like... If I get ver, I'll get. If I, I like to do a chorus first. Okay. If I can get a chorus, and then build around that, um, and then kind of bring it into them and let them do things with it, and then 
record it at the rehearsal and then take it home and do more and uh, that seems to have been our, all, our the so, yeah, all the songs evolved from the original bass line have you ever heard Never the End the very first version of it it was literally that intro that John wrote and it grew from there okay cool yeah cause that kinda like I like that intro it kinda sounded a lot like Dream Theater that uh, what's that one like I'm trying um, to think from Falling Into Infinity. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, the new millennium. Oh, the new millennium, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I kind of got that vibe, and I was like, all right, I like this. And then you had Derek Sherinian on there, so I was like, yeah. it kind of really put it together with that, for me at least. Yeah, that he album. really, he kind of brought that up to the next level. I really, I like how that turned out. Yeah. Yeah, so that was your first single. You guys put out that one a while ago. Yeah, without the, Derek. And yeah. then and then later on, he was able to put some keyboards on it, and I just thought we would wait, not put it out digitally, just leave it on the album. Okay. And so we can Have get two to, different versions. There you yeah. go. It's a marketing. Buy it twice, Buy motherfuckers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next, so. there's going to be a dubstep remix of it. Right, right. <laughs> be in, or all vocals. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah, all acapella. Just vocals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like a dream theater thing too. They got the special editions with I just saw the Sons vocals. Of Apollo, and, yeah. Which you know, whatever you gotta do to make money, but you buy the album, you yeah. buy it digitally, and then whatever the spe- the deluxe version or whatever, you get the you get all whatever it is, eleven or twelve songs, and then you get eleven instruments only, music only, and then yeah. Vocals only. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's yeah. a thing. Yep, they, uh, yeah. I thought maybe you were exaggerating. No, 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 no but not at all. Oh no, they go to, go to iTunes for a while, yeah. and you can get all. It, it's I don't know. It's thirty some tracks, and all they did was put the music on one, and vocals on the other. Which in the vocals that clear, it's really neat to hear how like they put how they put their harmonies together. You right. can hear yeah. Hey, you could do your own dance remix if you want. Then. You could. You could just you could, put it yep. together. Yep. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, yeah, are you uh, <clears throat> putting out probably not another single? I guess there's not a point in putting out another single if the whole album's up. No. I, I was going to ask that. <laughs> um, Unless you're going to do a video, I guess. That'd be, the, uh, that'd be the next question. A video would be good. We need to fund that. Yeah. <laughs> um, We'll sell some blood, sell some semen. Uh, we it may come down to that. It may come down to. You still got plenty of that left. Right? Jason working on the street corner. <laughs> yeah. Brock's young. He is young. <laughs> young and hairy. He's probably got enough semen. Just you know. Woo! <laughs> At that age, you ought to be, just be producing that shit left and right. <laughs> Sorry, it probably sounds weird, but like obviously. No, <laughs> Everyone not. listening probably doesn't know that we already know each other. You know, some people <laughs> probably realize that we already are. Friends and then we're in a band together too, so that probably caught people off guard. Like, man, this dude really just had fucking guest on and started asking him about semen. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, hey man, shit that's got all we do. No shame uh, in here. Yeah, I don't give a shit. So we've had weirder conversations during band rehearsal. So definitely, usually, usually, <laughs> definitely, usually it's John's fault though on that one. He's so. uh I had a question I was going to ask, and now I'm just blanking out. Uh, damn it. Mm. Oh. You're yeah. looking at me. Like I, I know. know. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> save me here. Uh, no, I know what I was going to ask. Talk about, like, influences and stuff. Um, 
you know, I obviously already know the answer to these questions, so I got to ask questions <laughs> like I don't really know, but uh, I know everybody in the I band, might know. So. I was thinking about stuff like that, too, going into their uh, background. Well, then take the helm, damn it. I was sitting here babbling like an idiot. Oh. <laughs> you can ask, because I'll ask rhetorically. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, yeah, we could do that. Go around the room, like, uh, what's your, like, main influence behind uh, your uh, songwriting for this album? Besides Rush. Besides Rush. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it kind of it kind of went by song by song. So each song kind of has its own, like, energy to it. So you can't just grab from one influence. Like, Never the End kind of has that new millennium slash, like, early tool, like, uh, John Chancellor. Not John. Is it John Chancellor? Who's the bass player? Uh, Justin? Justin, Justin Chancellor. Chancellor. Justin Chancellor. Kind of has that 46 and 2 vibe to it as well. So I kind of tried to find something that could complement the bass but still sound cool and drums. And I'm actually not as happy with the drums with Never the End as I am with the rest of the songs. Um, just because it was my first time in a big studio recording to a click track. I was super nervous. And so I just kind of freaked out and just needed my hand and f- my hand and foot on the beat. Just one, two, three, four. So that sort of took that over. But I did look for Tool-esque and Dream Theater type uh, influences. Um, next song we did was Eyes of Jane, which Brent said that there was a Rush vibe to it, which is true. Right. Um, yeah. So you can obviously tell that I think all of us kind of stole, not stole, <laughs> but borrowed influences from our heroes and Rush. Um, next one we did was Beyond God, right? Yeah. Mhm. That one that one actually was like I just tried to go balls to the wall on that one. Yeah, that was going to sound heavier than yeah, something there. As much as I could uh without like sounding like an ass on the drums just overpowering everything. Um but that one was again dream theater just cuz there's odd time signatures and um, like cool guitar riffs in that um, so that was more dream theater and then the next one we did was different kind of crazy which is like a blues-esque rock it's definitely the most straight up rock and roll yeah. type song on there that one uh, that one I actually uh, got like a winery dogs feel if you guys have ever heard of them yeah, yeah um, sure <laughs> That was more winery dogs, just more like, like pump it out. Not, you know, not technically difficult, but still like, you know, you keep your hands and feet busy. It's still fun. Um, and then Buzz is mad. I didn't have anything to do with that fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it for me, Jason. Um, yeah, the first one, um, Never the End. Um, not really any guitar solos. There wasn't really nothing to follow. That was just all three of us getting in that room and just working that song out. And I think that one took the longest because it was the first one because we kind of took our time on it as well. 
uh, a funny story uh, when me and John got in the studio <laughs> to record it. We did the uh, the the drum track uh, slash um, scratch track at the same time. We realized that interlude in the middle. We were actually playing something different. So uh, I literally had to relearn it on the fly. And uh, rehearse before you go. Guys. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm in the parts before you go in. Yeah, so I'm in the lobby tabbing the damn thing out, <laughs> and then I went in the studio and uh, laid it down. Um, the second one is Eyes of Jane. I know you said no rush, but that thing is literally what would Alex Lifeson do is what I played. <laughs> I didn't say no rush. Just uh, was being a smart ass because obviously I know you guys are Yeah, the, uh, the chorus on that, I'm using a ton of um, the stereo chorus effect. Um, the guitar is a lot cleaner than most of the other songs on the album, uh, which is something Alex Lifeson did in the... Uh, late 80s, early 90s, which is, that's what I've been listening to a lot late, too lately, so it bled over. Um, Beyond God, the guitar solo is a funny story. Um, John likes writing these crazy, intricate riffs and wanted me to solo over it. Um, I spent probably two weeks trying to write a solo, nothing fit. The day after myself and Brent went and saw Slayer <laughs> is when I laid that track down at home. Um, I literally grabbed one of my guitars off the wall, um, not a Les Paul for once, one with a Floyd Rose, and just what would Carrie King do? And that was what the solo turned out, and it, it fits. I told John before I recorded it, you're going to love it or hate it. And he seemed to dig it because it made the, made the album. I like that whole part of the song, that whole section of the song. Yeah, it's, like it's a big build-up. Yeah, and, it, and it's a it's a money shot note I hit at the end, and that was actually <laughs> done. It, that was actually <laughs> done in one take. It really was. It really was. Um, and podcast then, uh, has a lot of jizz references. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, we don't. <laughs> yeah. Semen. And There's a reason shot. we stick to yeah. explicit yeah. content. <laughs> uh, this, is not, this is not children friendly. No, I would okay. your kids listen to it. And then the last one, different kind of crazy. Like, like Brock said, it's got a winery dog's feel, but I can't come near close to playing like Richie Kotzen. So it, the solo is kind of a hybrid between Ace Frehley and Slash. <laughs> uh, I pretty much threw in every freaking Ace Frehley lick I, I knew, <laughs> plus uh, a little bit of Slash influence with the wah pedal. Um, and then Buzz is mad. Though. Yeah, nothing to do with that. <laughs> it adds dynamic to it, having it, you know. Kind yeah, of other songs be kind of more of like a yeah. I rock literally metal the thing, and that one's more rock and roll. So yeah, you know. but the week before, because I didn't want my typical you know Ace really. Inf- I tried to get it not to come through, but <laughs> about a week before, I, I listened to a lot of Winery Dogs, trying to get in my head what would Kotzen do, and this you know realization I'm I'm not Richie Kotzen <laughs> by any means. So I did what I could do, and um, it seemed to fit. You throw that pick away. Yeah, yeah. You get it. <laughs> And you get a Telecaster that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I think maybe he does have a humbucker in his Telecaster. Yeah, he does. I was going to give you I was gonna give you shit for a minute and be like, yeah. he wouldn't put a fucking humbucker in a Telecaster. No, Richie's but got he a did. humbucker, yeah. <laughs> so fuck Richie, too. No, I'm just kidding. I love Richie Cousins, so. Was, yeah. was the original question, what's our influences or our influences on the what album? What influence of the album, I guess, for you that guys can one, talk about I guess. But yeah, yeah. Nah, we can talk about I don't it. really I like to us. have it be like a... Yeah, sorry. You know, like when we had Damon yeah. Johnson on, it was just like the conversation started and never stopped. Like there was... Yeah, you know, so that was almost like we didn't have to so do anything. Yeah. Really? I don't but, really want to interview you guys. I just want to hang out and talk. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, then... Hey, well, here's a question then. How about this? Uh, is uh, Bark at the Moon um, 
Is that top shelf Ozzy or is that bottom shelf Ozzy? Oh, that's top shelf. See? That's top shelf. Okay. And he wanted to argue. Yeah. He wanted to act like I'm an idiot. No, that's yeah. not. The idiot. Last week you went over. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I had the Bark at the Moon album right oh, down I had there. it like almost at the bottom, and it was number two for me. Uh, yeah, was, the like, I don't I know. That's a great album. Oh, God, it is a great album. It's got too much keyboard for me for Ozzy. I don't, I don't know. know enough. <laughs> About spiders, all, all, all spiders I know about Ozzy is like the, yeah. the business part. It's a spider song. And the bad stories that I hear about. <laughs> it's just called spiders, in it. Yeah. Sharon yeah. screwing members out of like Jakey yeah. Lee. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jakey Lee got uh, fucked hard. Publishing and stuff like that. So, you know, and with him, yeah. like, I don't even know how much he actually writes in his songs. You write Ozzy lyrics? Himself. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? You write anymore, lyrics? I, I yeah, because even in Black Sabbath, I think, wasn't Geezer Butler the main like, yeah, lyric I guy? Know. I, think. I don't know. So. See, I like Ultimate Sin. I know a lot of people yeah. don't. I love that album. I like it, but it's not... Where'd I have it? I had it under... I think we both had it in the middle. Yeah, it was kind of right in the middle for me. Yeah. Because I had no, no rest for the wicked right above that. Yeah, I, I give that, you that. I like his new song. What's it called? I forgot. I like it that much. It's so good that it's forgettable. <laughs> I, I, heard, I listened to it. It was, it was good pretty good. On, yeah, yeah, it was uh, all right. The one with Post Malone or like the... No, the, whatever the single is. Yeah. What is that single? Um, Straight to Hell Under the Straight to Hell was one of them. And, yeah. Under, yeah. Under the Graveyard. Yeah, the Graveyard. Yeah, I think that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I, it was solid. Yeah. I, mean, I was surprised by the album when I listened yeah. to it because the last two have kind of been stinkers. Yeah, there's better stuff. You know, I thought that and then I kind of had a better appreciation for it. I mean, they still weren't that good, but... There was stuff on there that was good once I had to give them a full listen for the sake of the show, you know. But I found things to appreciate about them, I guess is what I'm saying. And you're wearing an Aussie shirt. And then I'm wearing an Aussie shirt today. Yeah. yeah. And a, probably a Bark at the Moon arrow. Yeah. Uh, speak of the double tour. Yeah. <laughs> With so there you go. Night Rangers, Brad, Brad Gills. Yeah. There's an influence there for you me. Go. Yeah. Yeah, John, everybody else got to talk about their influences. So. I'm old, so I have old influences. And I was a teenager of the 80s, so I grew up with Loverboy, Night Ranger, you know, kind of the main, the yeah. radio stuff. I'm a big Rick Springfield fan, and uh, I like I like Duran Duran. And then once I started playing an instrument... Nobody is Central Illinois. Nobody played that live, or nobody I knew, kids my age, didn't play that live. Right. It required keyboards, and nobody played keyboards back then. So when I started playing bass, my house phone, there were no cell phones, was <laughs> ringing with people because nobody played bass. Everybody played guitar. Right. Eddie Van Halen, you know, the. So, like shredding and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and then, so I, I, I didn't really get into like hard rock metal. Until I was older, until I was like 17, 18 years old, because that's all everybody played. So, like, I learned Crazy Train, and you got another thing coming, and the ACDC stuff. And uh, so then I started developing more hard rock yeah. favorites and stuff. Eric Yarbrough turned me on to Rush, but I was probably 18 hmm. before I, I discovered who they were, but then saw them. Like right after he, I started listening to it. They came to Peoria on the Power Windows tour, which was '85 or '86. And they came, and they came like five or six albums in a row, and then stopped. So I don't know if it was a bad huh. market. They didn't get the, they couldn't make the money here or what. But 
Seems like, yeah, back then, like in the 80s, like hearing from everybody, because I was born in 84, but it sounds like, I don't know, what, Civic Center opened 81? 81 through like 87. It was like tons of shows. It was was awesome. It was an awesome time to be a young person. Yeah. Everybody came here. Yeah, Yeah, because Ozzy was here, and Maiden, and... Uh, And then they opened the... Uh, ISU had Red and Redbird Arena is still there. I don't think they do concerts anymore because of that U.S. cellular. Right. But yeah. I saw Rush there. Oh shit! And then I saw who did I see? Uh, the Storm. It was I saw Damn Yankees the there. Mm. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah but Damn Yankees in bad company. Yep. I think the first time I heard of Redbird Arena when I was a kid was Motley Crue played there on a Doctor Feelgood tour. I saw. I had second yeah. row for that. Nineteen ninety, right? Yes. Shit. Tickets probably like ten bucks I back was a kid. then. Too, I was probably young, ten or fifteen. Yeah. And that's bad. We got second row, and it, and it was ten bucks. Oh, yeah. Same, same price as the upper bowl. One, you know, it's not like now. Yeah, now you at least yeah. got ten bucks is at least the minimum amount. Ten bucks is amount of fees or something. Yeah, you gotta your pay. fees, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the first time I saw Motley Crue was in '97, and I paid twenty-five bucks, and that was for floor seats. You know, we were like right up front. Yeah. You know. Is it Peoria? And now, yeah. Generation <laughs> Swine. <wasn't laughs> it? Yeah. Hmm. And now what's their, you know, fucking tour selling <laughs> for, you know? Hmm. Like $200 a pop for nosebleeds. Yeah. God knows. I don't even look at floor seats anymore because it's like, Jesus, man. I'd have to, like, sell a fucking guitar or something to afford it, you know? They can keep that shit. I, last time I got floor seats and decent, and I don't know how we got them. It was two years ago. Yeah, Journey with Asia opening in Moline, and I think I got them for they were hundred bucks a pop, and it was like row I mean, t- like tenth row. Yeah, it's sad that that's actually yeah. sounds good. Yeah, you know, like oh that ain't bad. Tenth row, yeah, hundred bucks yeah. a seat. Ten fifteen years ago, we would have been like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. Like, I remember the last time I saw Prince, and now I'm gl- super glad. I mean, I saw him twice, but it was crazy because it was only like. Maybe a ten-year difference between the times I saw him and the first time I saw him was on the Musicology tour, like two thousand two, and I paid like sixty-five bucks for my ticket. And then he played like a three-night residency at United Center in Chicago, and I wanted to see him again. And Courtney had never seen him because we weren't together back then when I saw him the first time. It was actually me and John Marshall went to that. And so, um, anyhow, I think I paid two hundred. It was the most I've ever paid for a ticket. It was two hundred and sixty dollars for a pair. So like, and that was after the fees and stuff. That's still not bad. Mm-hmm. No, for not for print. No, you know. no, no. and there were and it was in the round, and we had pretty fucking good seats. We were kind of up there, but we were, they were really fucking good seats. But like, you wouldn't even. Could you imagine what that? Concert would cost now because that was even better. Oh, or for around? those seats. Oh, yeah. 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 500, yeah. 500, probably. Yeah. And I mean, at the time, it seemed like because I had never paid that much. I was like, God, ah, man. I was like, yeah, it might be the last chance we get to see him. So, yeah, because what you paid for like two, you pay for one now, I think. Yeah. Right. What mean, did, so in 10 years, it doubled essentially. What did you pay for Queen? Queen. I don't really remember because I didn't buy them, um, but I know it was at least I uh, it was two hundred dollars, and those were like lower bowl, not even like yeah, you um, buy one or two on the floor. Um, there was four of us going. Oh, so um, it was some people that I knew from the radio station. So gotcha. this lady's mom, uh, she picked them up, and they just asked if I wanted the ticket, and I said yeah, like I'll pay whatever. 
you want. But, yeah, like it seems like I've seen other shows at United Center, like Fleetwood Mac and that, and I think I was in about the same area, and you can't even get anywhere good in the lower bowl for um, less than 200 bucks. Right, right. So, yeah, I was Ours were, like, lower day. bowl for Queen, and they were 100 bucks a ticket. Yeah. But that was so worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. I'd pay that, that right was, now. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a good one. I'd like to see that one. Yeah, even the Kiss shows, too. We were like, yeah, we're what, 90 bowl, bucks man. in the upper bowl? Yeah. yeah. Bobette was right behind you. Yeah, that's right. It was worth it. Yeah, I didn't see her. She, I mean, I saw that she was... She yeah, because I think we walked in after David Lee Roth was already on stage. And we just stayed in our seats the whole time, mostly. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really move. Right. And I'm weird with heights, so I just was carrying my Oh, two. that's right. I was carrying my two beers and walking like a robot, like, I just got to get to my down. Seat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because those stairs are steep as Oh, they shit. are. It ain't so bad if I can hold the handrail yeah. and balance myself, but it weirds me out. Yeah. And I, like, I, I didn't want to stand in the beer line again. And you're like, how far are we going? So I got two <laughs> beers, and I'm about halfway up, and all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, I really wish I could hold onto that handrail. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, that, if, you, if you're up there and you get a buzz trying to walk down after the show, and it's, uh, yeah. they can get slippery. I, yeah, that's... Dude, I went to a good. show there with a guy, and he got really fucking hammered. And I worked with him at Morton Metalcraft. This was Jesus. What was it? It was Slipknot and System of a Down. Probably 2000, 2001. Oh, I remember that tour, actually. Like, I didn't go, but I remember in yeah, high school, was everybody like was hyped for that. Because Rammstein was supposed to be on there, but they, they dropped out. Yeah, they yeah. dropped out. I know. I was super pissed, and they didn't fucking refund shit off the tickets. They'd give you a full refund, but I felt like they should have gave everybody some of their money back. Yeah. And take, like, one of the headliners off and just keep the ticket price the same. Like, eh, fuck you. I mean... <laughs> kind of bizarre but anyhow this dude got fucking hammered and like he fell down the stairs but he caught himself oh shit on the back of a chair and oh. ended up like cracking one of his ribs oh i can right. see it those steps <laughs> yeah. i mean that's pure, pure the civic center they're pure concrete he was a train wreck of a fucking person anyhow but i'd be surprised if he was alive now but yeah He's not alive now? No, I said I would be <laughs> surprised. Because he fell down the stairs. No, nah, he probably is alive. I think, actually, I ran into somebody that's friends with him. But anyhow. Well, yeah, man, I don't know how long you guys got, how long you want to hang. We can keep talking. Unless you guys want to talk want. about, like, your workout routines and what you like to eat for dinner. and. My girlfriend makes yeah. all my dinners. I don't get a choice. Whoa. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. But you don't invite her out to dinner. I don't even get. I was <laughs> oh, gonna say I don't made dinner tonight. What the hell? I, I got a good topic to talk about. Yeah. The the coronavirus and the concert cancellations. Uh, what do you think? Oh yeah. And then Europe is just freaking out. Yeah. I don't know. I actually heard that uh, they're probably going to cancel the Olympics too. I heard talk. Really? About that. Did yeah. you see that they did uh, South by Southwest? Oh, yeah, uh, the one in Austin? Th- yeah, they canceled okay. that. We're on the coronavirus. I don't know what to think. Everything I've seen, and I could be wrong because I don't follow it too deep, but the people that I've seen that have passed away from it have all been really old or really young. So yeah. my particular yeah. take right now, and this could change if it gets worse, is I think it's the media doing what they do best and overhyping the disease, um, like SARS and all the other viruses that came in years past. I um, read a post by Mike Portnoy about it. Yeah, like, I think I saw and what you he, saw. He, whether it's whoever whoever it is, the media or whoever, what what is what you have to take into, into consideration 
is the fear is real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, relevant or, 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 you know, whether it's, um, I need a word here. Overhyped? Well, not overhyped, whether it's, whether it's real fear or not. Uh, the hysteria? The hy- yeah. yeah, the fear is real. And that's what that's what yeah. you have to take into consideration. You may not be afraid, yeah. but there's a percentage of the population that is afraid. Yeah. Well, my my job put out a thing just yesterday where we're required to bring their like I work from home remotely, three day, two days out of the week, and I have a desktop computer at work and my laptop at home. They are reassigning every employee as of next week a laptop and docking station that you are required to bring home, and. In preparation for them shutting down every single office and everybody having to work from home, so they're actually mm-hmm. buying new computers because of the. I mean, it might be a reason. So or, the fear is real. Yeah, yeah. So whether and, yeah. It's, yeah, and yeah. it's causing over there. You know, they're shutting down any kind of large gatherings. I told my wife last night. I said, you know, because I, I bought those. I bought tickets to King's X because mm-hmm. he's never seen King's X, and I wanted to take him. But I said some of the other shows, were, you know, I go to a lot. I like to go to concerts, like you do. But I'm a little, I'm a little afraid, not of the, not of coronavirus, but of buying stuff and getting it canceled. Yeah, because like isn't like Bon Jovi's going out and they're at the United Center. Brian Adams is opening. I'm like, that looks like I haven't seen Bon Jovi in probably 20 years. But I would. Uh, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. That sounds like something I would do, but I don't know if yeah. I mean are they gonna. Cancel that. I mean, I'll get my. Yeah. We'll get our money back, but isn't that plus some white claw? Oh, all right. I'll try. I've never had one. <laughs> I just haven't uh, had one white claw in the fridge. Isn't I'm that like, what Mike Portnoy said in his post? I think from what I was reading, that he was replying to somebody and he said that they don't want to book a tour and have those dates canceled because then they're over there and then it's like, well, we they, spent this money to fly our gear, yeah, fly ourselves over there, they, and yeah. now we don't have a show. So what right. are we supposed to do when we're and sitting they, there? I mean, they've got to pay crew. Yeah. And travel, you know, they, I believe that you know, I'm sure they rent those buses, yeah, hotels, and then the, and then worrying about either their, possibly their health, and or getting stuck there and not being able to fly back. Yeah. So, um, apparent, you know, apparently they're it was, they're losing money anyway by not playing. But had they stayed there and tried to play, he said it could it would have been like six times sixfold worse. Yeah. Isn't there only like, like forty cases in the entire U.S. of coronavirus? I don't know. Maybe don't less. Know. We'll see. We'll, you know, I, I'm not a doctor. It just seems like but you're right. Yeah. It just seems like a little, like, a flu, with a little bit of steroids in it. Yeah, because what like are got, the symptoms, anyways? It's, that's what I mean. I, I, from what I've heard, is the only people that have died from it are really old, old yeah. really young, or they already have had bad health issues. Come on now, Trump. Everybody's already yeah. mocking our president because he yeah. said something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just fucking, you know. I don't like Trump. Put your disclaimer I, I'm okay. well, But I'm oh, pro Trump. Fine. I don't, I don't <laughs> necessarily dislike him either. I have things I like about him. And, yeah. Moments where I think he's a complete fucking doofus too. Yeah. But. but I also don't follow it real deep, so I mean I don't know if that's a fact. So that's just what I've heard. I don't follow it too deep. I just know they were giving <laughs> people have been mocking him because he said something along the lines of more people have died from the flu and oh man, all the Trump haters are having a heyday with that. Well, yeah, of he, course and, the people have died from the flu. It's been around for fucking ever. Right. But yeah. <laughs> so that's why I was saying that. Yeah. No. Take it easy. Take it easy, Trump. Down with the sickness. Down. Oh. But you know what? Well, we don't know, man. Until this thing plays out. Yeah. 
but you might look back on it and be like, well, that was fucking overhyped. Or it might yeah. be like, well, shit, we should have taken that yeah, more really. seriously. Yeah, right, right, right. So. But, and it's like, con- like, as contagious as it is, we've been able to keep it relatively closed off. Yeah. Like, there, are, you can obviously tell people from the coast are getting it because that's where we get our imports right. from. That's where we get all our shit. And the last I looked, I'm not, once again, not a doctor and haven't looked at, but I thought China's new cases were shrinking, mm. I think. The last I had heard, they were the, the new, they were shrinking. So China has a billion people yeah, in it. Yeah, China is It's overpopulated. To, a lot of people are going to get sick very quickly, so it's going to seem like it's a big epidemic, but it's just too many people in a small area. Because isn't China, like, a skosh bigger than the United States? And we have, like... 400,000 people or 400 million and they have a billion people living in there like it's it's like you and your family live in this house if we were in China your family would live in this basement we would all live in your house this whole block your family would live in this basement and then a second family would live above you and then a third family would live on the third second floor man I fucking hate people so that would suck <laughs> I need my space. I've heard that products have actually been delayed because of, um, you know, parts coming from China. Uh, well, that makes sense. I've heard of that happening uh, other times. I had something for one of our vehicles back when the uh, oh shit, what was it? It was like a tropical storm or something that had hit and it delayed a bunch of uh, imports and stuff. And, Dude, it took me like a fucking year to get a part, a part for my wife's Jeep back when she had that Jeep Patriot. Oh, I was pissed. I'd be calling the dealership like, what the fuck, man? You told me this would be in in a month. Well, you know, I was like, well, that was fucking six months ago. And I'd be like cussing at him like a dickhead on the phone. And I don't know. At the time, I was like, oh, you're fucking full of shit, man. You never ordered it. Then I heard that there was actually a lot of imports that were delayed because well, of the reason I know that is I'm okay. waiting for that, that EVH Stealth to come out and it's been delayed two months because of that. EVH Stealth. <laughs> you want one really bad, don't you? Yes. I, I want one of those Frankenstrat clones, man. The, mm. the new yeah, those are, those are cool. They're expensive for what they are, but I'm like, ah, it would be really fucking cool to have. Be one of those where I just sit down here and just jack off on it with the. Floyd Rose pretending I'm Eddie Van Halen even though I can't even <laughs> fucking remotely play like that. But it'd be fun. You know, spend almost two grand on something just to be a fucking clown with it and entertain yourself in the basement. That's how it all starts. <laughs> That's true. That is how, yeah. That's how it all starts. <laughs> That's true. Next thing you know, I'd be wanting to take it out to shows. I'd like write a song with some bullshit, like fucking dive in it. So that'd be cool. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, I know you are, but I'm not. <laughs> so yeah, man, I don't know. What else is going on in the world of the Truth Council? I'm going to see Jeff Tate tonight. I'm upset because oh, I didn't buy tickets. Where's that buy tickets and it's sold oh, cool. out. It is sold out. I checked this morning. Which is interesting Again. because you said you saw him a uh, couple uh, years ago at the castle... And there yeah. was like 30 people there. I think they said they sold 
51 tickets. 51. But we were in line to go mm-hmm. in, and the, the door guy was going down the line saying, balcony seats, balcony seats, balcony seats. And if you said yes, they upgraded your seats to floor at the artist's request yeah. because they didn't sell hardly any tickets. Hmm. Uh, and it was a great show. I actually saw Queensryche um, a, a couple months town. before that. A bad market for that. And I enjoyed the Jeff Tate show more. Was that was he acoustic there? He was acoustic. See, this is full on band. Yeah, yeah. It was it was Jeff Tate with a stand up bassist and then an acoustic yeah. guitar player. He's got some mm-hmm. looks like some young Thundercats playing. Yeah. yeah. And the vid- couple of videos that I've watched, he sounds pretty good. I mean, he's sixty years old. Oh, I thought he was incredible when I saw and, him in Bloomington. You know, I'm bummed some I can't of those go. Notes he can't hit, but it's still pretty good. And I haven't heard. I haven't seen him. In 11 years, yeah. so I'm looking forward to it. He's still my favorite He's a good front man. He's, he's very engaging with the crowd, and I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. And I, I, so I'm looking forward to it. You've been to that Arcata before, right? Have you? This is my third time going. Yeah, it's a cool venue. Brock and I saw Flying Colors, Flying Colors and, Sons of, and Sons of Apollo there last, like a month ago. Okay. I do like that. I like the... Uh, I like where it's at. Yeah, it's like a nice little downtown area by yeah, that river. But not like congested. And then you just drive up that, like we get a hotel and they've got, uh, you know, just like it's not cheap, but affordable hotels. Mm-hmm. You have to drive like 20 miles to get like a to like a Hilton or something. But they're, they're good for what they are. You know, just a bed and a shower. Yeah. And you get out of there, you know, so you don't have to spend a ton of money. And just that whole... Like where the Arcata is, there's nice little bars around it to like eat, you know, just bar food and drink before the show. And you just walk across the street, go to the show. Both times we've walked walked back across the street and drank (laughs) after the show. So I just, I really like where that's, I like that setup. And he seems like he's getting, he's starting to get some of the Chicago traffic. That guy that I don't know how to pronounce, Ron Onesti. I think you're right, yeah. He owns, it seems like, and I think he owns other venues around there, but they're on the outskirts of, of Chicago. Because I just noticed King's X normally plays like Reggie's or they play someplace downtown. Okay. To where, and then they're coming to the Arcata. And I think that's cool. I, 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 I like that I can go up and, and watch somebody and stay and not have to drop 200 bucks on a hotel. Yes. Or a ticket. <laughs> or, or, well, no, the, the tickets aren't bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tickets weren't bad for, I think they were 40 bucks. Yeah. And I got like like eighth row. Seems like that guy too, that Anesti. He's got stuff booked all the way through like the fall. He's, or a, he's a hustler, like he man. He books way out in advance. And he's real like hands-on. Have you been up there? Yeah, I saw uh, with Jim Glass last year that Stars Angel show. Okay, okay. And I went up a few months, I think, before that for uh, The Last in Line. Uh, with Vivian Campbell, we're, we're, I'm seeing them in Vegas at oh, the end of the month. Awesome. Yeah, he's real like he's out walking around. He's got his his blazer on, and and seems real friendly talking to people. Yeah. And, he, and before every show, he has to go up and make an announcement. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. He thanks people. Yeah. Uh, he's like the opposite of Justin Murr, I think, because <laughs> oh. he comes out and he's like, "Hey, thanks <laughs> for coming." Justin's like, "Hey, I got some drinks." And then he just leaves or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy like hangs out. Yeah, he's like, microphone. Like I'm waiting, I'm waiting for him to jump on stage with with somebody. 
mid-song. Yeah, like, uh, Truth Council doesn't necessarily endorse all statements made. Uh, <laughs> 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 disclaimer on But... Uh, <laughs> nor does Brent Storch on the Valentine's. He, uh... And that venue is, is... It's like a... I mean, it's a theater, but it's small. Like, even when we had the balcony seats, you're still close. Like your your balcony seat, you could still, and it's almost like your your balcony, but like the stage is like right there. Yeah. So I mean, like any seat in there is good. I haven't been in the balcony yet. I've just been on the floor. Yeah. But it seemed like yeah, where I was for last in line was way off to the right, but it was still a good view. Right. And I, I I thought so too. I, Except the bathroom's like a closet or something. True. They. <laughs> I've heard multiple people say they need to work because he had just said it's his fifteenth year of owning that, and they keep. Like every year, they've got a renovation project. Oh, right. he, he's doing something, and I forget. Oh, what, what, what did he say about air conditioning? Like the first summer, they didn't have air. Yeah, jeez. I, mean, uh, I want to say that Jim said something too. The first time he went up there it was like blue oyster cult and like April wine or something, and. Him and his son, they got up there like way early because they weren't familiar with the area, and they were just hanging out outside. And that Ron's like, "Hey, come in! I'll show you around. I'll give you a tour." That, see, and they even went he's, backstage. He's that kind of guy, dude. Yeah, he's super. Yeah, like real fan friendly. He is totally. But yeah, yeah so that'd be a cool show tonight. Yeah, and if you guys get a chance to go up there, it is worth it. That's a. I need to check that out. It's very. Yeah. It's easy. If you, look, if you want to have a good time, right. it's easy. You know, there's no like traffic. No stress of there's no traffic. Chicago. It's like driving through. It's like driving down Court Street and peeking. Right. That's the one thing though. It's, it seems like here Chicago, but this is like way out of the way. Like you're it's like further than the suburbs. So you gotta like, drive through the country a lot. But yeah. If you're coming from here, it's yeah. like 39. You get on 88 and take Peace Road. I don't know, it was some yeah. back roads. Yeah. I was like, where and the hell like are we even lane, going? But your GPS then, will get you there. Yeah. And uh Yeah. And so it doesn't it doesn't seem like Chicago at all. And because yeah. it's really not. Yeah. You're like forty miles away from, from Chicago. I don't say what town is that in. Saint Charles. Saint Charles, yeah. Even, I was trying to think of it. Uh thing. there's another place that's like <clears throat> along the western side of the suburbs that I went to like two years ago. And the venue's like Rock House. And it's like West Dundee. I, that seemed like the same town because there's a little river that flows through there. And really? the venue's like, it's basically like right on the edge, kind of yeah. like that. And it's kind of like a old town that they really fixed up and like renovated right, and shit. Right, But yeah, that was a cool area. So it kind of reminded me of St. Charles in a way. I would say my only com- my, I, my only complaint about that, is, that venue, is it's small and like uh, merch. Both times that we've went so far, they put merch, they put Flying Colors merch in in their merch place. Yeah, in that little store. Yeah, yeah. And it was real cramped and hard to get around. And then this last time they did Sons of Apollo in the main uh, in the main opening, that hallway. Okay. And we didn't get anything at first because I didn't want to carry it around. So we thought we'd get something on the way out. <laughs> yeah, and everybody trying to get out. Oh, leave. And, and then you got, yeah. And you could barely get out. So, yeah. So I guess get stuff before, okay. But it it it, it, it lacks a, a solid area for merch. Yeah. But other than that, it's awesome. Well, I, I would recommend merch money on beer anyhow. What's your next show then, Jason? <laughs> what are you seeing? Not really. 
Um, Anything coming up? I wanted to go see Jeff Tate, but it sold out. I waited until the last minute hey, to get did tickets. Did you mention Queensryche and any of your influences when we were talking about it? Yeah. Um... He no, not. No, not your no, because this, this, when I think of Queensryche, it's it's the dual guitar players, and maybe the only guitar player in the band. There's, there's no, you, know, you can't really do that unless you're overdubbing stuff, which there was a couple of cool overdubs, and I gotta give props to Eric Nelson. That was his brainchild. Um, on it's on Never the End. Uh, Beyond God was me. Um, I I figured out the uh, a cool harmony on it, but um. But yeah, never the end. That was Eric Nelson that had threw that idea out for the dual guitar, Iron Maiden kind of riffy stuff. Um, but no, next show I've got nothing in line. I guess um, Eric Martin at the Twisted Spoke is <laughs> probably the next one I'll go to. Uh, I'd love to go see Jeff tonight, but yeah, it sold out. You um, guys don't have anything so on yeah. the for you guys to play, right? Um, not. We have a private thing. In two weeks, yeah, we're kind of at a point where we need to we need to find another member. We need a singer, or we need a guitar player that can sing at least harmonies. Who was the other guy singing on that second song on there? It sounded like some kind of like I don't know, like the inner siege kind of power metal guy. It was a friend of mine. Song. He is his name is Max McAllister, and he okay. sings for a band called Bloodroot. Oh, okay. So right. they're kind of more heavy, and I thought that that song needed that there. Yeah, because I was like, man, who's this? Yeah, because it didn't sound like you. No, it so, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He, and he did a really good job. I, I was, uh, I was glad I asked him to do it. Actually, the first verse is Brock. Mm. It's Brock. The first mm -hmm. verse. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. cool. The, the first verse is me. I guess listening song. online, I don't know the album like credits. You yeah. know. Yeah. So what's that say? So you I need buy to buy a CD. it. CD. There you go. Well, I was gonna go to co-op after here because I'm on this side <laughs> of the river. I'm glad it came out digitally. I, John gave me the CD when it came out. And I thought my PlayStation 4 played CDs, and it does not. I have to ask everyone. A PlayStation 4 does not play audio CDs. Really? Nope. So you get them to go buy a boombox or not? No, I got it digitally on my phone. Oh. And I bought it. Buy a stereo, <laughs> man. It's old school fucking hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, new cars don't it, even man. have love CD it. players The new anymore. ones don't. Yeah, my yeah. wife has a 2018, and hers has one. Mm. But I've talked to other people. Mine does not. That does not. Yeah. Does your... Mine does, but mine's a 09. Oh. My wife's car is a... Yeah, what is it now? 17? And it has... It had a CD player. Yeah, it, mm. It's either a 17 or 18. I can't remember, but... But it did. And I'm aware of that. I'm, you know, that... Yeah. That... CDs are, you know, I believe last year vinyl outsold CDs. That was a statistic I read. I think uh, it's yeah, I read the, that on the interweb. Maybe, but yeah. at the same time, too, Best Buy doesn't have CDs anymore, right. so some right. of those retailers are pulling. But you know, getting stuff. it on vinyl is yeah. incredibly cost prohibitive. Yeah, I checked out some of that, and I'm like, yeah, it's no. not cheap, man. It costs more to do that than it did to make. Record, to record the album. Oh, more than the studio time yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You sure. gotta be able to move a lot of product to make true. it worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. True. Very true. I think you can mark up vinyl enough to where you can make more per you know what I mean? Per, per sale. But like but you'd have to sell so many just to actually come out. Cover on that. Top yeah. Yep. Because you're gonna 
I'll throw out another dig then, since I'm digging on people or whatever. Oh, like, make it, oh, weird if you're gonna mark shit up, just thing. sell it at Younger Than Yesterday. That dude. Oh all. shit, dude. Andy's fucking Burn. taking the gloves off. Yeah. I've never been. I've oh. never been there. Is that is that pretty marked <laughs> up? Oh no, I, I'll just say it. Uh, um, I bought something record store day on the Black Friday, and it was like it was like forty bucks. But I went to Denny's store co-op, and it was like thirty bucks. Oh. Same album, so. Yeah, like I'll just cut this out. Well, and didn't he have like fuck it, man? Oh. <laughs> he's he's proud of his stuff. I went there about a year ago, yeah. and he had a Queensrÿche um, uh, live in Japan on vinyl, and he wanted like 180 bucks for it. Oh yeah, yeah. he's very proud of his well, stuff. Well, he had like some Barnes and Noble <laughs> exclusive thing in his store that still had the Barnes and Noble. Oh yeah, that's what I saw. I was marked it up like eight dollars or something. Yeah. yeah, that's what I saw. I was flipping through it. I was like kind of browsing. <laughs> you saw the Britney and Spears the- picture hanging on the wall. I think it was I think it was Black Sabbath technical you know ecstasy what I'm talking about, but or something, it. and it was like there was he had it for twenty five bucks on his sticker. I looked on the back, and there was a Barnes and Noble sticker for nineteen ninety nine. Wow! And I'm like, really? Yeah, I mean, he's pretty shameless, man. He's pulled yeah. some douchey shit over the years, so I don't. If you're gonna mark something up that much, just take the. Original. I don't think you need to take this out of the yeah. podcast. Fuck it, man. He knows what okay. he's doing. What I don't even know the guy. <laughs> it's like me being like, Jason, you have brown hair. Fuck you, man. I do not. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, it's my show. I can trash whoever I want. Right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's no laws when you're drinking the claws. Uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> no. Sponsor us. Yeah, White Claw. What's up? Shit, shit talking at its finest. <laughs> Drink a White Claw. <laughs> yeah. Words come out of your mouth, poop comes out of your butt, unless you're drinking White Claw. <laughs> yeah, might go the other way around. Uh, right on, now it's an episode of A-Sides. Yeah, now it's getting there. Thank God for my four-year-old. And his you need, that needs to be, the, that needs to be the, the, the theme for your the, the the tag for that. Yeah. What was it? You should, the exact quote, he said, talk comes out of your mouth, poop comes out of your butt. You should record him doing that and then make that, edit that in as yeah. like your bumper music. Yeah. Put it put it under some music. It was pretty music. brilliant. Like I'm, driving, I'm just driving in the car and he's just sitting in the back seat. The fact that he, he, he just said it out of nowhere. Five, four, five. Four. Yeah. yeah. Genius. Yeah. I'm like, man, he ought to be fucking schooling everybody. Let him be the Facebook president of the United States. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> he at least he realizes it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, son of a He's guy. already smarter than the majority of the damn millennials. No offense, Brock. That's no, fine. I, my generation fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. Everyone's Brock's a good millennial. Everyone's oversensitive about just the stupidest shit. Are you a millennial? Millennial, or are you the next one? Dude, what are they I don't. The new ones? I, don't I don't really. know. I think even I'm technically maybe a millennial. I was oh, born in '98. The cutoff was somewhere even just yeah, just like a few years after me. Like I'm just barely on the other most, side of a millennial. Most people don't know or care enough to like, you know, know which generation. They just say millennial because most people. You're a young person. You're, I'm young. Yeah, yeah they yeah. lump all of us in there. I'm young, so I'm an asshole, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. You know, if and I have. It's like, <laughs> okay, boomer. Like, yeah. Well, so yeah, yeah. Everybody else older than us is boomers. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Boomer. Like, Whatever, boomer. Like, the best thing ever is when whenever an older person explains how their life was before, you know, my time. So he's like, well, we, I had to walk to my bus stop. Well, that's probably because, you know, your school is fucking 40 miles away. You know? <laughs> so not there's like, it's not my fault. My bus stop's down the street. Yeah. Or I have a... Great, get rid of the fucking car and make me walk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's always like, 
I mean, technological advances yeah. have come along, and it's not our fucking fault. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, they had the horse and buggy, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it's it's great being a millennial, you know? You get to talk a lot of shit, and then you're, everyone's just like... No, hey. we yell at you about it, you get your feelings hurt. Pretty much. <laughs> and I'm allowed to, because I'm a millennial, so That's I can right. cry you're hurt. and uh, yeah. still be okay with it. See, I'm just on the other side of that fucking cutoff, so I can't cry. I'm a bitch if I cry. Yeah. God damn it. Maybe I want to be a millennial now. Fuck it. I haven't had a good cry. Come to the... Quite a while. Come to the... <laughs> the isn't, there a, isn't there a generation... Z. Because I consider Z, myself... that's what I was trying to think of, yeah. I consider myself a Gen Xer. Right. Yeah. I think he would be, yeah. I was born in... I'm not a boomer. My parents are boomers. Right. I was born in 68. You're probably Gen X. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what X yeah. or... What was... What's So after? what's after? Is it Gen Y? Like people born in the late late 70s? I was 81. Well, uh, I was 84, and I was 16 in the year 2000. So I think that I'm on the front end of the millennial, I think. I or maybe I, it's Generation Z. I thought I heard something. that it was like 85 and... 85 to something... Was, That'd be a cool band name. Was Millennials. Generation I Z. I fucking, I don't know. Who makes these rules anyhow? Yeah, I don't know. I don't follow any of that shit. We're all human. Think, like sociologists do to... Group people. To group people uh, and, and to show differences in... In like trends of trends spending. Trends and, and how they live. Yeah. And it's like, like Millennials never had to deal with dial-up internet. Well... I see, but I still had dial-up internet. <laughs> Hold on a minute. The real struggle of waiting for that Hey, page. Andy, get right. off the phone. I need to... But, like, that's there. about, like, life. Like, things, like, for, like, boomers, people, like, my parents. My parents were young parents. Right. They were... Uh, uh, I love that Jason Isbell song, Children of Children. Right. Because that is yeah. my... I think that's about him and his mom, because she right. was young. And the same with my parents. I can fathom, and you were, too. Uh, a, a being a parent that young, right. and that but that generation of people did like like they it was common yeah they, they went they, they I mean these are the Vietnam War was going on those they, they were kids going to war right. and I can't right. you know because it was still a draft I think it's a different they're like a, that generation is a hardier generation totally oh yeah they're way more hard I mean they grew yeah. up quick yeah. yeah I mean they were you got out of high school you were. Married or at war or I mean, and yeah. it's a they have a they have a different mentality than, and I think it's got even weirder and you know now the way the world has changed with, with you know I you're you're you know you're you're an adult at eighteen but you know you can your parents can insure you till you're twenty six so we're you know it's a it, things have changed. Yeah. Uh, well, some of that's just science, right? Like we've become. Smarter. We're we're getting older, true. We're also yeah, we're getting older, um, and also you throw in like kids going to college and coming out of college with two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Right. You know they can't get married and start a family because they've got a six hundred dollar a month student loan payment. Right. And so they end up coming home. Yeah. I mean, and it's different, different. Right. You know, it is a different world. The, those jobs my that... My friends are just now having kids, most of them. Right. I've got a daughter that's going to be 21, and my people I went to high school with just now have babies. I, I'm <laughs> going to be a grandpa at 45. 
Well, <laughs> never mind. You got Those me trumped on that. Never mind. Sorry. You used to be able to get out of high school around here, get out of high school, and go right to Caterpillar and get a good paying job. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Those and, days are over. And, and start oh, that yeah. family and provide well for them. That was a good paying job. That's what kills me with the older generation, like our parents, you know, because it's like, you know, oh, you should save and you should have more money in the bank and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but you started, like, seriously, they started back in the 70s at Caterpillar making sometimes more than what we're starting people at where I work now. And you're talking about fucking inflation and all these other things, like food being way more expensive, gas being way more expensive. It's like, you can't, like, you can't just get out of high school and go into manufacturing and actually make a living. I've done it. I mean, you can do it, but you can't do it and sit there and bank fucking money at the same time. No. I'll tell you that. I live fucking paycheck to paycheck for the first, Jesus, 10, 15 years of my adult life, you know, because I had a kid young and I had to just go and fucking work in a factory right out the gate, you know. And so I think there's kind of like a, they don't understand that sometimes that generation when they start talking shit about younger generations and stuff. Yeah. You know, because like True. They, it was a different time. You didn't have to go to college back then. Most of them didn't fucking go to college. I mean, my mom, she didn't go to college. She made really good fucking money by the time she retired. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, you can sit there and tell me, oh, I need to save my money and shit, but you couldn't do that now. You can't do what you did back in 1978, mm-hmm. starting at that bank. Now you wouldn't make dick. So, anyhow. Buy a Gibson back in the day for under $1,000. <laughs> High-end one. Now I was going to say, man, you could buy... What was it? I worked with a guy, older guy, and he had a uh, Les Paul Jr. that he had since he was a kid. And I think it was only like a hundred dollars. Yep. And I, he I saw sold it for like almost four grand a few years. I back. saw an ad. I don't know what year it was. I want to say it was early, maybe like '72. It was early '70s. A Les Paul Custom was like three hundred and fifty bucks. Really, it's crazy. Yep. And right now they're thirty-two ninety-nine on Sweetwater. <laughs> That's cheap. A Les Paul Custom. Last time I looked at them, or maybe, well, for maybe I want to say they were thirty eight ninety nine. Okay, they might have been. Okay, but, which is fucking absurd. Yeah. I, anything over two grand is fucking absurd, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yet I still sit there and start justifying it in my head, like, well, if I just <laughs> I set this much aside, maybe if I just work an hour overtime every day, <laughs> wife won't even notice. <laughs> ah, shit, man, it's a terrible addiction. Well, what else we got, man? I don't know. We're only like an hour into this thing. It could be an hour. Like, I, we went into it with the idea of, like, hey, it could either be 20 minutes, it could be two hours. I don't really give a shit personally. We could talk about whatever. We could talk about Jason's guitar addiction. It's yeah. crippling guitar addiction. It's not really crippling. No, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, no, the fact yeah. that he has a new pedal board every practice, he shows up with a new pedal board. <laughs> ain't that bad. Not a new pedal, but literally like an entire new fucking pedal board. Ain't that bad, but I'm laughing because last night I was actually on there designing another one just for the hell of it. You're the only guy I know that went from an all boss rig to digital when you had the Line 6 yep. Helix thing. Yeah. yeah. And then back to the exact same pedals you had before. Like, did you sell those or did you just keep them? The um, pedals. I usually keep them. 
usually keep pedals. Because I thought you bought like all new ones or something that last time. Maybe I'm wrong. I sold like three of them, and I needed to get. I added. I added the flanger. That Phase 90, God, I've had that thing, though. I've had that thing almost 20 years. That's an old pedal. The Waz new, the Flanders new. Oh, I had to buy another chorus pedal because my other one crapped out on me. It got wet or something inside of it. It was crackling and I couldn't fix it. But, yeah, I'm a gear junkie. Jason's <laughs> definitely a gear junkie. Yes. Make uh, me feel better about myself. And I feel like I've bought too much <coughs> shit in one period of time. I just have a nice conversation with Jason and I realized oh yeah no nah, I'm fine he's bought like 20 things at the time I bought three so we're good <laughs> I get sentimental about <laughs> stuff I can't get rid of it it's uh, I'm at that point with I everything I have dude it killed me to put that Les Paul up for sale you know and the only reason I did it was because I found this 59 yeah, oh, I, I, dude, I had a lot of offers, but I was just like, ah, dude, people wanted to trade me shit I had no interest in. And some of it was legit stuff. It wasn't even like it was junk. My newest thing you know. is, do I want to continue using that Marshall 412 or do I want the EVH 412? It's turned into gear talk. Gear talk. Yeah. We should just have our own podcast. Oh, yeah. Gear oh, talk. yeah. With Jason and Brent. That'd be, yeah. Just have all the other local fucking gear junkies on. For another hobby, man, I can't. I don't have time for another podcast or <laughs> another band or another hobby. Or yeah, I do. I put that thing up for sale just because I, I'd been thinking about it to either get like another high end telly or another high end acoustic. And then I'm laying there in bed one night before I go to bed, and I come across a '59 reissue Esquire used at Guitar Center on their website, not ours because our Guitar Center sucks and never gets anything cool in, but. And I'm just like, motherfucker. So instantly I'm like posting it up for sale the next morning. Like, huh. all right, I'm going to try to sell this thing so I can buy that. And now it's only been like three or four days and I'm already thinking, God, should I just buy that fucking guitar? I think I should just buy that guitar. It's better to just ask for forgiveness than permission, right? The wife will yell at me. But if it's not that, she's going to yell at me about something else, right? Like, I'm going to do something to fuck up, and I'm going to get in trouble. I, I got the green line as long as there's X amount of dollars in savings, and I only have X amount of dollars out in the stuff. So, But I just bought that that, uh, that Midtown Custom, so I have to get that paid, which will be in two weeks, but then I can get something else. <laughs> My problem is I got two, like, the final thing, and, God, I just, I just spend too much money, I think. Maybe a psychopath, I don't know. Hmm. Brock, what do you spend money on? Drugs. Drugs? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a lot Joke. cooler. That's a lot cooler. Joke. Hookers and coke. <laughs> Hookers uh, and cocaine. Uh, well, you're wrong uh, generation. I don't... I don't have fucking money to spend. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm 21 years old. 22. Dude, I didn't either, man. You need to, re- you need to redirect that. Brock, what do you, what do you... What's your dad buy you? What's your dad spend, your, spend money on for you? Well, hold on. Well, you are getting a new drum set, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I... All right, so with the drum set, with... All right, hold on. With... <laughs> With the drum, with all your solo cymbals, you, with I've got thousands of dollars in Sweetwater's forty-eight months right now. Yeah, FYI, <laughs> with the drum lessons that my dad has bought me, you know, the first six I years about drum lessons. You know, the first six years of my drum one. playing, you know, I I acquired a skill to where I got an endorsement 
from a symbol company. So Did you? Yes. We talked about that yesterday. I haven't seen anything. It's a bitch to try and get do shit with an endorsement. So you don't have a, an endorsement no, yet? No. I, I haven't not, signed. I would not announce that until you actually have it done. I have. We can just edit that whole part out. <laughs> Sorry. Brock didn't no, say you had an endorsement. Leave it in there. Let us argue, <laughs> let us argue on the internet. That's your way. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, he didn't mention he didn't mention the brand name. Yeah. So nobody's gonna. Okay. You know. I didn't say anything. Yeah. That, that's that's uh. That's probably the worst thing about this band. So my dad is the bass player. And the best thing. <laughs> yeah. I like I like you having you as my drummer because I can tell you exactly what to do. Yeah. Even though like. And I'm not worried about hurting your feelings or anything. Well, that's yeah. what I was worried about. When we first started jamming with you in our band, you know? Yeah. I was like, man, this is going to be a good idea. Are you guys going to fucking want to kill each other? Like, I don't know how this is going to work, man. You know, is it going to be awkward? It, it really hasn't been. We don't, this is going to sound bad, but we don't We don't see each other, like, we're not at each other's, we're not up each well, other's we asses. Li- we, don't li- we don't live together. Right? Yeah, we don't live together. We're not up each other's asses. So, you know, I see him at band practice, you know, two times a week. Right. And... A random dinner once a month, maybe, you know. So it's bonding. Yeah, so, you know, I see him, but I'm not, like, at his house eating his food. We don't live, yeah, if yeah. we live together, it might be different. Taking but. shits in his toilet. Oh, yeah. Clogging <laughs> up my toilet. I have, I have <laughs> calmed that down. I had a bad... <laughs> this is what you guys want to talk about? This I, is what you want the world you to hear? Started. I, you started it. Hey, <laughs> I had a bad spell for about eight years <laughs> of clogging toilets with my shit. And I couldn't help man, it. Man, not again. It's because you're seven feet tall, man. Yeah. Your shits are probably three times Your the size of a normal intestinal person. tract is probably eight miles long. Probably. Oh, my God. Several, at least several hundred feet. Yeah. The best part is you guys are like the two guys not drinking. I know. I'm just open about my shit. <laughs> Literally. Oh, my God. That's good. That's weird. I, I'm almost wondering if we should just end it there. That's like a good high note to go out on. Up to you. I can talk about my shit for another five minutes. So when you go on tour, Brock gets his own so, toilet. Yeah, yeah. same. What do you get? Yeah, go on tour and. Yeah. I'll just Ooh. use the public bathroom so we won't have to worry about it. Yeah. <coughs> no, you know, you don't have to worry shit, about getting you coronavirus. RV man, you only get to shit once and it'd be full. Yeah, well, that's right. Rock Rock stop pull it over <laughs> and hook up the hose to pump it out. Shitter's full. No, I figured out a, a method to my shitting, oh, which what? is. Which is sad we gotta hear that you this. have to... We well, gotta hear this. You gotta do about half your shit, pinch it off, then flush, then wipe, then do you finish your shit, flush, <laughs> then wipe. It ta- it ta- uh, I'll be honest, it no, takes me... It's called a courtesy flush. Yeah. That's, a, that, that, that's, that's not, common? That's, well... Most of the time it's a full for shit. For you, but, you know, easy, you know... You do, yeah, I mean, especially if you're in a public bathroom, you do a courtesy flush. Fuck other people. If I'm in my own, other people. If in my own house, I don't want to smell my own shit ten minutes later. Man, other people can smell my You're shit. I don't to have to talk to them. Music. How do we get into this? Here, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll make it work. Ready? Uh, no. New music that is popular now is equal to my shit in toilets. Oh my gosh! Uh, I'll give them. We gotta go with the hate. Because I I don't know. I'm young and I'm full of hate and I can't angsty. stand. I'm angsty. I'm edgy. He's got that chip on his shoulder, <laughs> mad at everything. Good. Everything sucks. 
I like a lot of I, music. You know what I saw yesterday? Not this is an interesting... No, that's not. I'm in mainstream stuff. New stuff is good. Harry Styles cover of Sledgehammer. On I Howard didn't watch Stern. it. I saw that it was okay. in the feed, and I love that song. I love Peter. I do Reed. too. That here's my thing. Shit, so. Here's yeah. Here, here's my take on that. And Brock and I had this conversation, and it, it gets into a whole th- that could lead into a whole different conversation. But you would think. That if you were somebody of that ilk, of that popularity, like Harry Styles or uh, Beyonce, Beyonce, not Beyonce, but, but of that, yeah, of the, of the, like the, uh, I can't, her name is coming off, not, uh, Bruno Mars or something. Bruno Mars, who's the Shake It Off? Oh, Taylor Swift. Oh, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, somebody, just... somebody of the, of this, of that popularity. If you're gonna do a cover. Make it different. Make it your own. Harry Styles did that on Howard Stern. It's live, and he, and, it, and it's exactly like Peter Gabriel's. Oh, okay. Exactly like he's got. And he's got like a nine-piece band, three keyboard players, a, a killer drummer. Yeah. You know, it sounds fantastic, but it sounds exactly like Peter Gabriel's. Kind of like why do it? Exactly. Yeah. Why why cover that? Why why mess with perfection? Right. I don't. I don't like. Oh, I'm paying tribute. I'm like. Oh, that's, a, that's cool. I guess. Well, why don't you write something that's that good? Right. If you're that. If you're that good, come up with something that cool, man. You obviously have the musicians there to do it. Right. I don't know. His stuff. To me, that's that's a. It's become a trend with new artists. You have to have a cover. Right. To 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 because it's a familiar song. To people and people listen. That's what helps elevate your or keep you trending. Yeah, because I could see that if you do it like the original version, that's more familiar. So it's going to be more of a hit. Whereas so pe- if you make it your own, it could yeah. it might it might stick. It, it might, might fail or something. Absolutely. So they're trying to keep their that's brain. How that, it seems like uh, people coming up with new stuff. The the climate that we're in with radio being fairly non-existent. You just don't get those songs pumped into your head, and everybody's attention spans different. It's a whole different media thing that, that it's just covering. Everybody's covering old songs, yeah. like they like they we wrote songs until 1994, and we stopped, and nothing after that. There's no, nobody's nobody's um. covering. Nickelback songs. Yeah, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head because as far back as I can remember, like, (laughs) sure, like, um, whatever your feelings on Limp Bizkit are, like, they had a hit with that uh, Faith cover, and they kind of made it their own, and it didn't sound like George Michael. But then, yeah, every time (laughs) one of those bands does a cover, it's always the 80s thing. Like, uh, Disturbed would do something from the 80s. What was your first introduction to Bizkit? Shout was it? Mine was the Faith. So, yeah, so see, that, so it kind of worked. Had, was, yeah, had they never done that, I would have never heard of them. Yeah, but then everybody keeps trying to do the '80s thing, maybe because that was it. Even Marilyn Manson, he'd cover something well, from the we, '80s. We just did Africa, do, like Personal Jesus, or, or the yeah. Yeah. big song. Oh, what Africa? Oh, sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody does an '80s song. So I, I, it, I can't remember what I was. That that is that is gr- that is growing tiresome. Yeah. to me. Yeah, so I see what you're saying. They've been doing it for I 20 years now. A commercial, and it was like Missy Elliott and somebody else, and they were, it was an '80s song they were covering, like she was rapping over it or something. But it, yeah. I can't remember the song. But I'm thinking, just write some new. 
Right. Write some songs. Well, it's like movies. And I know that I know that there's people that yeah. too. That's yeah, a different yeah. game. Yeah. Reboot. Yeah. New covers. Thanks. I'm so sick of that. Are people trying to? They were obscure, but though. I know there's <laughs> good music out there. It's just finding it and getting uh, it out to people. Yeah. It's out there in all forms, all styles. Oh yeah. Uh, well, there's good music. I don't, you know. There's some good rock bands coming, dude. Like that. What was I listening to the other day? God damn it! I gotta find this now. Um, I discovered an old rock band. You see that that thing I posted? It was that god damn it! What were they called? Like pop? It was something. It was totally pop. Mm. The something spaces or something. Hang on a second. Let me find. Must have missed that too. I, I have something. Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts. Oh, Tuck Smith was the Biters guy, dude. I really like his stuff. I'm ready for his album to come out. Like, I think it comes out in, like, end of this month, maybe? Because there's, like, two singles out right now, at least on Amazon Music, so that's all I could find. Because uh-huh, you guys ever hear of uh, Biters? Who? Uh, Biters. It was, Biters. like, a band, I guess, that that guy had. And they kind of sounded like Kiss from the 70s. Mm. But I think that's kind of a trend to some uh, new bands that come out that sound kind of like that glam rock. Really? Yeah, he's definitely got kind of a pop rock thing going. Kind of like that Shit. Dirty Honey band. Yeah. They've got some cool stuff. I listened to that record the other day. and I mean... Brock, what were you going to say? Um, just recently, I've kind of... I've grown tired of, you know, the same music in my phone. So I've been, you know, looking for new stuff. And the best way that I figured out how to do that is I go on Spotify and I look up, like, a band that I like. Like, I looked up uh, Animals as Leaders. I don't know if any of you guys know who they are. I remember them, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and a bunch of these bands that are really good, uh, Periphery, Polyphia, Thank You Scientist, all these really good bands came up in this playlist, and they're all incredible. So I think the new way to find new music is not in radio anymore. Right. It's now going to Spotify playlists and, f- and looking and up looking, stuff. Yeah, looking. Sounds like. Yeah, finding, like, yeah. like, looking up a band that you know and then listening to, like, their... Uh, what's it called? Alg- algorithmic, what they think you would like. Right. Right. Um, I wonder they put us on like that. I s- they ask you when you when you. Yeah, you register you, it. And yeah, I put, and I and I left one off. When, I put flying colors, um, Kings X, and then I couldn't think of anything. I just put Rick Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sounds like Rick. And I left. I left Rush. I guess you should put as many as you can, just to kind yeah, of come up on those. It up, yeah, and yeah. I can go in and edit that stuff. But. Um, but then I also found this band called Cassiopeia. Do you guys know who they are? I do not. They are a '70s Japanese funk band. Whoa! But they are fucking incredible. Like cool. their bass player is like. Insane, really, and they're they all wear like jumpsuits as like costumes and shit. But they're nice. badass. I like that. They're insane. A uniform. I just just made a radio station based on Truth Council and Vince Sevenfold came up. Revealer. It's kind of cool. Asian they classify you. I try. You know, I used to. Oh, my man. When I played in the Megasonics, Dave Glover was always a good. And, for, and he's not super internet savvy, but he teaches at Peoria Flores, and like his students would bring stuff in, oh. and then he would play stuff for me, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's cool." And then you know, I, I learned a, I would get a lot of bands I liked from him. Hmm. He turned me on to Jamie Johnson. Yeah. I like Jamie. 
rather boring live, but you know, yep. it's one of those you got to be in the mood for. I, that show we went to, man, it was so o- oversold and it was oh, so at the, the limelight. Uh, we left like we were forty oh. minutes. We were gone, dude. It was hard to get into it because yep. of it. You just were. It was not the right atmosphere for nope. that kind of show. Nope, not at all. I tried. I had some it moments needs where to I be finally in a bar got... or a club. Yeah, but he's too big because he sells. Because yeah. that thing, they almost needed to move that into a theater. Yeah, that venue was too small. Yeah, he's such a great song. We were lucky. Yeah. Graham Brown got us up at the VIP place. We were able to sit down up there. Yeah, I mean that would have been nice. But we... the drag to that at the limelight is the VIP is in the back. Yeah. So. You're, you you could sit down, but you're doing this, right? The whole show. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a very enjoyable show. No, I was so excited for it, and it just ruined it. And he opened with "High Cost of Living," and we stuck around for a little bit. And I can't remember if he played in color. He did when I was there. And then I looked over at <coughs> Bobette, and I go, "You ready?" And we rolled. We I saw the song I wanted to hear. I think we left at 11.30. He was still playing because he played a really long time. Yeah, and he just goes. Yeah. Doesn't talk to the crowd. Yeah. Just goes. And we had, like, somebody was watching the kids here, and we told them that we'd be back by midnight. So it was like 11.30 rolled around, and it's like, oh, fuck, we got to go. Like, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to sit there and play that game. Like, oh, can you stay longer? Oh, you know, because... It was already a pretty miserable experience. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I remember it was like August. It was hot as shit in yeah. there. Oh, it was brutal. It was terrible. I mean, I tried to drink a few beers to All get the myself brand new flannel in, and, oh, and backwards trucker hats. Dude, we went out to dinner before that. We went to Fox Pub over there. And really cool place. But, dude, there was all these fucking people with, like, the plaid... Like dress shirts, not really the flannels, you know, but like the western style plaid shirts. And they looked just shiny, brand new, like they were just fresh out of the fucking package, you know. And there was like three, four couples in there eating dinner and all wearing the same shit. I'm just like, you fucking retards. Like, god damn, are you serious? Like, who does that? I mean, a lot Seriously. of people. You're gonna go buy. You're gonna go see. Popular. If you go see like a fucking metal band or something, you're gonna go buy like a shiny new fucking black leather jacket, no. so you can look metal or something like. Uh, <laughs> in my in my years of high school, the country kids were the assholes. Like it wasn't jocks anymore. The kids that listened to the fake country, well, or sorry, I guess it's country? not. Yeah, ass country, not Johnny Cash country. shit. I call it ass country. Got my beer and my bitch and uh, something. I don't know. Fireball shot. Truck. Fireball you know, Ford truck. truck. In the back of Cold the truck. beer. And you're going to the lake. I got my dog. That's another thing. Got their dog. Tight jeans. Cold tight beer. Jeans. Pick She's up got truck. tight jeans. Cold yeah. beer. Pickup mm. truck. So there was that, something playing in the liquor store. The other day. This girl, man, sweetest girl in the world. That runs this liquor store down the road. And you twist over there on Springfield Road. Mm-hmm. God, they're always playing that shit in there. And I'm in there yesterday, and this song literally was just... It sounded like a parody. It was so I bad. can't stand it. I'd really listen to gangster rap. It was like, rap. is this a joke? Is this Weird Al? Like, what's going on here? Because it literally was like, just listing shit off. Like, beer. cold beer, I'm a redneck, tight jeans, pickup truck, what is it with tight girl jeans? in the back. <laughs> Dude, it's all in the, in the bro country. The girl's got to have tight jeans on 
Oh, I thought it was talking about the dudes having no, tight jeans. Girls like, what's have the point of that? That's gonna be. That's what I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start writing songs about wearing Guys tight, wearing tight jeans. jeans. Like me and my boys in our tight jeans. White Claw. Out to fuck white, shit up if claw. you know what I mean. White Claw. This episode yeah. is sponsored by tight jeans and white claws, bitches. Fuck yeah. But tight jeans with the bling on the on the ass jeans. I'm sorry. The bedazzle. The bedazzle, like you sat on a yeah. chandelier. <laughs> oh, dude, I hate that shit, man. We had some dudes that were welders where I work. Yeah. Wearing that shit. What? And it's like, <laughs> I had, I had. You're gonna walk in the shop with all these redneck motherfuckers that work here, and you're gonna wear that shit like a bedazzled. <laughs> my my old like, drummer band I was in years ago. My old drummer, he uh, he. He gave me a hand-me-down of like two pair of jeans from the buckle, and they're they're like a hundred and fifty bucks, two hundred dollars there. So I put one on one day to get you ready to walk out the door to a show, making them cool. Shit. And my daughter saw me. She goes, "Dad, dad, dad." Get I'm like, what? Off. She goes, "No, <laughs> take them off. No, that's all. Awesome. Please, good, man. When your kid calls you out, she didn't. Please do not leave the house with those on. So I, t- I took them off and changed, and I gave them away. And I'm like, well, hey, fuck it. Aren't those like the ones that have the cross on the yeah, back pocket? Yeah, yeah. The floor releases and, and yeah. shit. Yeah, they were affliction. Yeah. Oh, they're I just cool. See, dude, I just see that shit, and I think it's like an open invitation to just stick your dick in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, so, so my daughter saved me, so thank you. Well, yeah, that guy wants to suck some cock tonight. I remember Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> this podcast. Explicit now, for Off sure. The rails. Yeah. No, no, no. I think Brock took it to the whole other level. With the doo doo. With the shit? What? It's one thing talking about sex stuff but yeah man. it started out with fecal gin, matter and we're taking dumps here's the thing though i'm gonna walk out of this i did bring the gist and get up. the most I girls because i'm open about my shit girls do I'm well, sure we're old that. Yeah. girlfriend gonna listen to this fuck out love you yeah you better straighten that out right you now you've already complimented you gotta her. ask her she fixes dinner right? every yeah. night yeah. you know no she's awesome i just my i guess i'm the asshole this, thank god she probably is up there listening. Her and I were talking last night on I social media. I saw that. that. She screenshotted it and sent it to me and then was like, why don't you invite me to things? And I was like, I didn't think you would want to go and sit at dinner with my dad and my stepmother and have why them. Not? Because wh- what would come That's out of that? Terrible. What would come what? out of that? A good dinner. She get a free dinner. <laughs> That's true. Free food. You bring food. the kid. I don't hey, care. Um, she get brownie points, right? Yeah. So she bring you bring the kid. You know what? I'll Your bring her and all of her. Money now that the album's out, man. Yeah, yeah. he's just fucking bring them all. Bring her whole family. And yeah. he's got it. Dude, she's got a big family. <laughs> Don't bring the whole family. <laughs> John's like, shut the fuck up, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> she's a big family. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I was gonna say something funny, but never mind. I forgot. It's like that crazy ass expensive steakhouse I went to a couple weeks ago. They brought the bill for the whole table. They didn't divide it up, and they stick it in front of me, and it was like almost 700 bucks. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hey, motherfucker, come here. <laughs> I didn't even want to pay my bill, <laughs> let alone everybody else's. I was like, Jesus. They divide this up. They divided that shit up. I still wanted to run. Like, hey, let's just fucking run. Like, they ain't going to catch us. It's fine. I almost saw some meme like that, I think it was yesterday. It was like, hey, um, you want to go out for dinner tonight? Uh, we're going to eat for free, but you got to run when I do. <laughs> we're going to eat for free. Warm up on the treadmill before. Stretch out. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, I think that this podcast is... 
gone off the rails. It's, we've officially yeah. talked about everything I didn't think we would talk about. Yeah. Semen, shit. Wow. Blowjobs. Dude blowjobs. Dude blowjobs. Well, not even, like, good. <laughs> not even good blowjobs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, though. Maybe some dudes are really good at it. I'm sure I'm sure there are some. I'm going to just leave it at that. Well, well thank hey, you thanks, guys, guys for sitting uh, in uh, for us, joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for making it fun. Talking about Buy the new album. You can listen to it uh, What digitally. Yeah, 13 Degrees is the name, right? Digitally available Did now on all digital forms. It's available locally in the Central Illinois area at Co-op. Or if you message us, you can stop by my house because I've had that happen. There you go. <laughs> I, I actually sold one in my front yard. Somebody met me after work in my house. <laughs> Whatever works, man. Yep. Got to move the product. That's right. All right. Well, hey. I guess until next time, because I'm sure we'll... You'll have another record, and we'll have you on again. So, already we. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you.